0: Hello everyone and welcome to the eighth episode of The Laws of Stan. I'm Stanley Rappaport, your host for this show, dedicated to shedding light on the various applications of mathematics in the industry. I'm very happy to to record the first episode of 2024 and wish you all a happy new year. So as you know, the, the, the goal of this podcast revolves around exploring the usefulness of the mathematical language in different areas of the economy. Indeed, we often know that some jobs and professions heavily rely on mathematics, but we may struggle to understand in what sense. This is why, on this podcast, we are interested in learning more about different jobs and industries where mathematics play a, a key role. But relax yourself, we are not actually going to perform mathematics calculations. If mathematics scares you, and you think this interview is not suitable for you, don't worry, we will take it step by step. So today for this 8th episode, we will talk about the application of mathematics in the racing car industry and more specifically in an industry that you all love, Formula 1. And we will try to understand the basics of the mathematical reality behind it, trying to simplify it as much as possible. And what better way to talk about Formula 1 than by hosting Ivan Roldan, ex-lead aerodynamics engineer at McLaren Racing. Please welcome Dr. Ivan Roldan. Experienced aerodynamics engineer in Formula One and IndyCar. Mr. Roldan, I'm very happy to have you today for this episode. After months of discussions, we finally found a a suitable time slot for this interview. So to be really uh, honest with you and the the listeners, doing an episode about the applications of mathematics in Formula One has always been my priority. And I'm very happy to finally have the opportunity to share this fascinating topic with you. So how are you feeling today? Um
1: uh yeah, well, ver- very very much uh um, appreciated the this opportunity to, to talk to you, to have a chat about mathematics in in my industry. And uh thanks a lot for having me.
0: So without further ado, could you please begin by introducing yourself and providing some insight into your background? Could you share some details about your uh, educational background, prior employments and and previous experiences for uh, our listeners?
1: Uh, Yes, absolutely. I'm originally from Spain, um, but I moved to the UK nearly uh, 17 years ago. Uh, I did in Spain a um, degree in industrial engineering, which is um, a fairly multidisciplinary degree uh, where we touch uh, many many uh, science fields, many engineering fields. And um, and then once I finished it, I, I specialized a bit more in the area of uh, fluid mechanics or fluid dynamics, doing a master's in aerohydrodynamics of vehicles. Uh, that lasted one year and one calendar year. And then uh, right after I moved to uh, the UK to do a PhD in Imperial College, London. Uh, I did my PhD there. And then um, before I finished uh, my my postgraduate study, I had a few interviews uh, with uh, various uh, Formula One teams. And uh, at that time, I was um, nearly, but not finished yet, all, all my research. Uh, back then, I was using uh, a wind tunnel to, to do to conduct the experiments for my thesis topic, and I still had one session, one stint of experiments um, between these interviews and and uh, basically the end of of my thesis and the start of my of the write-up of my of the document. so McLaren was the only one uh, which uh, kind of uh, accepted to give me a bit of time um, to conduct to, to, to conduct this this set of experiments. And then and then join join the team, join the company. So for that, I was very grateful because all the teams needed to fill the position I was interviewed for quite immediately, and at the time I wasn't ready for anything in the world to to quit my my PhD and embark myself into the Formula One world. So I wanted to finish my PhD or at least everything that I needed to build my thesis document and uh, and then go into formula 1 mclaren helped me help me out with that and um, yeah now once i joined mclaren back then who was my boss at the time gave me a lot of flexibility in the first few months as as i was uh, going through a learning curve in the company i was also writing up and they were quite long days and uh, and short nights uh, but my manager at the time was as i said very flexible very understanding and, and uh gave me gave me a lot of facilities and and put me at ease uh so that i could finish my my thesis well and then focus uh, fully in in on my work in, in formula 1 so yeah that's that's been my my background and i've been a mclaren man uh since then um um nearly Thirteen or uh, years of experience uh, in in McLaren, and um, and yes, that that came to an end uh, uh, fairly recent, and that's that's about it. That's about being up to date.
0: That's very interesting. Very interesting background. So, c- could you share with us uh, the topic of your uh, thesis that you that you uh, wrote at Imperial?
1: Yes, it was um, uh, experimental study, also with some. Uh, computational background to help out about uh, uh, laminar to turbulent boundary layer bypass transition or transition bypass um, uh, flows transition from laminar to turbulent in in certain ways and uh, I was focused on on try to understand and investigate a, one uh, particular way of of that of that process of that phenomenon of transitioning. The flow uh, over a, a um, solid body from from laminar transition. Okay, so uh, sorry. From uh, laminate I have troubling. a trouble. Apologies.
0: Yeah. I have a, a, an additional introductory uh, question. Uh, so, which part? Uh, which part? Sorry, should one take to to end up in this uh, particular industry, which is uh, uh, the racing car industry? Uh, and was it something that you always aspired? Um, to be as a child?
1: Um, Well, there are many paths. Uh, My path is not the only one. Uh, I wouldn't even say it's the most efficient or or the most direct because as I have uh, depicted, I did a degree, then I did a a master's and then I did a PhD. But there are a number of paths. Um, Some people, colleagues of mine, went straight from finishing their degrees uh, as undergrads into formula one straight away all others did a masters and then moved into formula one others uh finished their degree and and went into another category completely different to formula one or open wheel racing uh like rallying and then after a few years they went into formula one um so there is a, a number of, of 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 ways to get into uh this port or or, or indicar um uh for instance. So it's not only one one single um path. Some paths may look shorter, like just going straight from uh, a degree, uh other paths may be more Cumbersome like like mine, like doing a, a few phases of of different postgraduate studies. Uh, it's just uh, how the context of everyone is, or, or, or each person is, and um, and just uh, r- trying to find the best opportunities in hand at the time. And um, uh, well, yes, I I always loved racing, or any kind of competition. Um, I think to be a Formula One engineer or a motorsport uh, engineer, um, one has to have some sort of um, soul of uh, competitiveness um, of a challenger, of a contender. Uh, and I had that since since I was a child. Uh, when I was a child, I focused that competitiveness uh, into cycling um i loved and i loved cycling and a big part of my teen years and and also into my university years i was very uh, focused in cycling uh, and uh i was competing in the um, um semi professional uh field and um just just one level below becoming professional uh so for so it was quite serious uh it was a, a lifestyle and uh um for any cyclist <clears throat> wind uh wind is a, is an obsession so um, it's all about defeating wind and um being as most air efficient as possible apart from having strong body strong uh strong lungs strong heart strong legs but uh, for any cyclist weight and aerodynamics uh, and particularly uh drag reduction it's uh is paramount so um from that time of my life is when I became indeed obsessed about about wind and about how to cut through the wind the best way possible. Uh, but obviously reality is that I couldn't make it into a professional field. so as I was studying a, a an engineering degree. Then I focused that that mindset, that that love, in the end, for for wind um, into into motorcars, into into racing vehicles, and um, and I was always uh, a fan of of um, Formula One, of MotoGP, and um, it was then when when I thought that uh, this passion about wind i could kind of combine it with my engineering skills or the engineering skills i was acquiring at the time uh, studying my degree and eventually uh go into uh, some racing industry and eventually i ended up being in the pinnacle of of the motor racing industry being formula 1 um but when i was doing my degree it wasn't it wasn't that clear i i knew that i wanted to get into uh motor racing. Um, but Formula One looked very, very far away. Um, but um, yes, I would say that that, that love, that obsession for uh, wind uh, combined with my engineering skills made me kind of um, converging into into what I am today, which is like a motor racing engineer.
0: So s- speaking, uh, speaking of your last employment, um, so as we said earlier, you primarily worked in the IndyCar entity of McLaren. So could you elaborate on your uh, uh, day-to-day responsibilities? Um, so w- what exactly did your job entail um, f- for those who may not be familiar with the, the, the concept? And uh, also, what are the main differences between Formula One and IndyCar?
1: Um... Yes in uh in my role as a as a lead uh, aerodynamics engineer in IndyCar, I was in charge I was responsible of of planning uh, coordinating and executing all um aerodynamics activities um of our IndyCar team uh, this involved uh usage of CFD this involved um um coordinating planning and executing as i said of uh wind tunnel experiments or wind tunnel testing and and uh straight line testing and track testing so um that that whole set of activities that related to uh extracting um every bit of performance of aerodynamics performance of the car um laid into my realm uh, into our aerodynamic group so yeah it was about coordinating it was uh trying to organize tasks within the group to try and fulfill requirements for requirement uh, requirements from a racing engineer it was about understanding the car doing CFD studies doing uh um, empirical studies and uh and also when it came uh, to um, going into racing also uh the car is full of sensors uh, some of them being uh, aerodynamic sensors, and and I, we would I would um, uh, uh, analyze uh, those sets of data, interpret it, and and give feedback to the race engineers regarding the behavior of the car aerodynamically, and also whether or not a part of the car was tested uh, against a different other part, and and trying to give a bit of a, um, a judgment or an assessment uh, as to whether that part uh make the car uh, feel better for the driver or, or worse or, or or whether or not their aerodynamic purpose of that particular part uh, was fulfilled or not. That was that was pretty much um um my role uh, in a daily basis um framework. And the difference between IndyCar and Formula One, well th- there are many. Um the sets of regulations are different. And um, Formula One, uh, there is a relatively large uh, freedom for designing the car within a, a set of regulations. In the car, the, the cars are manufactured by one single provider, one single manufacturer, and then you have a pool of parts that you can mix and match. Uh, and that mm-hmm. those pools of that that pool of parts change um, changes the the aerodynamic uh, behavior of the car. So it's important to understand um, the effect of those parts and how they combine uh, with each other. Um, the racing is a bit different. Um, the lap time spread uh, in Formula 1 is quite broad, where, whereas in IndyCar is quite narrow. So basically, say, between uh, the 10th position in a qualifying against the first position in a qualifying in Formula One, sometimes is of the order of nearly a second uh, uh, per lap, whereas in IndyCar is is generally a lot less. is about less than half a second, uh, um, one third of a second, or even even less. So it's just more uh, compact, more I would say um, competitive, because uh, there is always a um, a real chance for any team that do their homeworks well, there's a, a real chance of, of doing well, of, of aspiring for a podium position, whereas in Formula One, that's, that's more difficult. It's only one, two, three teams uh, with uh, real chances of of stepping onto the podium. So there are many differences. But then when it comes to aerodynamics um, and the cars being very different in shape, um, actually, the the key principles of the aerodynamic behavior and performance of the cars of each car is quite are quite similar, um, and that's because both type of cars rely on on a big platform being being the floor of the car or as they call it in the car the underwing, and then both cars have a front wing and a rear wing. And then also uh, in both categories, um, all four wheels are open, so the wakes that those wheels produce are exposed um, to the rest of the car. They are not uh, encapsulated or constrained by any kind of uh, solid um, uh, body body bodywork. So, being these two categories mm, mm, relying on these principles, a big a big flaw under the car and the engine uh, exposed wheels and both cars having a front wing and rear wing. The main, as I said, key principles, uh, aerodynamic principles, uh, hold uh, across, across categories.
0: So <clears throat> uh, um, you, you mentioned CFD earlier. Uh, so I suppose it stands for uh, computational fluid dynamics. Um, could you help us better understand this science? Uh, how mathematical is it? Uh, what m- modeling does it involve, and uh, how is it useful in your uh, area of expertise? Could you could you uh, um, explain it in uh, simpler ways?
1: Yes, absolutely. As you you just said, uh, CFD stands for computational uh, free dynamics, and, and basically, uh, in mathematical terms, it's um, it's um, Uh, is trying to resolve a very well-known set of equations in the world of of aerodynamics or fluid mechanics, fluid dynamics in general, which is the Navier-Stokes equations, which is a set of uh, partial uh, differential equations both in uh, space and time that relate um, um, the velocity field, the velocity vector of the flow field the pressure, scalar, um, uh, viscosity, density, and uh, energy. Um, so those equations, those those um, those mathematical equations, uh, model uh, any or, or can model any flow field. Um, the thing is, um, there hasn't been found yet a uh, analytical solution for those equations. So the strategy uh, over the years uh, has been uh, to discretize um, the the equations in in multiple options, doing um, uh, finite differences or um, finite elements or um, uh, finite volumes, and um, um, uh, so that discretization obviously is one step into um uh, simplifying or, or losing uh some power of of this uh, mathematical modeling um and then uh once you discretize this uh um set of equations then um there is a further modeling done when it comes to um resolving turbulence um uh, and also um more simplifications or, or modeling comes when we resolve uh we resolve uh the flow field whether in a steady state or in a transient state, a time-dependent um uh framework. Um and then when it comes to turbulence is, is um more um uh, mathematical modeling done to these sets of equations um to as I said, trying to resolve uh, turbulence, the turbulence phenomenon, which is a very complex one. Uh, for that, um, there's a number of parameters and a number of uh, extra terms added to these equations uh, using empirical data to try and resolve, um, as I said again, um, turbulence, uh, turbulent flows. So it's uh, I, I think mathematically, And I know I'm I'm not a mathematician, but mathematician. But I I think it's the most complex uh, mathematical challenge that uh, I have come across in my professional career. So that's that's basically it. It's um, uh, CFD stands for resolving um, a discretized version of a set of partial differential equations, both in space and time. Um, whether by uh, use of further uh, modeling and assumptions and simplifications or uh, just by these discretizations. Um, and that's called uh, DNS, direct numerical simulation, which is slightly different to CFD, as I said, because in, in DNA, DNS, in direct numerical simulation, simulations, there's no turbulence modeling being uh, applied to to this uh, to this mathematical problem uh but obviously its um, computational speaking is is much more intensive and um it, it needs a lot more computational power than uh, than cfd using uh, turbulent models for instance um but i think as computational power and uh and uh software and hardware uh, advances very rapidly as it as it is doing in 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 these um last uh, years and decades. I think um it's not l- long into the future when we will see um this set of equations being resolved without the use or without the help of of turbulent models and and further simplifications as I said.
0: Um, so so you, you mentioned a lot of uh, theoretical concepts uh, from uh, engineering. Uh, so let's try to to simplify those concepts and and give uh, the, the the rationale behind the, their uh, usefulness in uh, racing car uh, engineering. So let's start with um, the Navier Stokes equations. Uh, could you could you offer an explanation of their uh, significance and practical applications? And maybe start by explaining how we uh, how we use partial uh, differential equations and uh, w- why they're so important in uh, um aerodynamics in engineering mm. you can also give us a grasp of what uh, uh, fluid dynamics is and and uh, their importance in aerodynamics so g- give us uh, like a simple picture of uh, of those uh, theoretical concepts for uh, for some uh, um uh non-engineer listeners
1: uh, sure so if I start from the from the end uh fluid dynamics is basically the science that uh, studies um uh the flow of fluids um be water, air, honey, oil, uh any kind of gas, um, uh petrol uh paint. So fluid dynamics is as i said, the science that study how these uh these fluids behave uh dynamically and um aerodynamics is a subfield of that uh when we restrict the fluid to be air then then we call uh aerodynamics so we we call fluid dynamics or fluid mechanics being aerodynamics but obviously when when you treat uh, water, then it becomes hydrodynamics, right? <clears throat> so, so yes, that's essentially what fluid mechanics uh, is. It's a science that study the the uh, flows of fluids, and then the Navier-Stokes equations is is a mathematical um, explanation to, uh, or, or, or mathematical tool to Explain and predict uh, these uh, fluid flows. Um, as I said, it it uses a definition, mathematical definition based on partial derivatives, uh, both in space and time, because these equations give you um, the uh, values of the pressure uh, as a scalar. Um, the um, temperature, as a scalar of the fluid of the flow, and um, the density, and the um, if, if the if the um, fluid or the flow is uh, compressible, which means that the density of the flow uh, may b- vary both in space and time, and also the three components of the velocity vector of the flow, which means that at a given point in space, at a given time, uh, thanks to these equations, you can uh, determine or predict uh, the value of all these parameters, um, pressure, temperature, uh, viscosity, uh, density, uh, velocity, um, uh, thanks to these equations but uh, as i said uh, there isn't or there hasn't been found yet a strategy to resolve these equations uh, mathematically or sorry analytically that's why we need to resort to other strategies like uh, um partial difference or discretizations or discretization of the problem of the domain
0: could, could you also quickly develop on uh, on what you meant by the concepts of uh, turbulences and um the discrete um this uh d- d- discretizing the um, the equations
1: yes absolutely so uh, turbulence is um is um, um a, a phenomenon um uh governed mostly by randomness <clears throat> in the flow there is the opposite to Turbulent is laminar, where in, in this scenario, the flow is stratified. Um, so there is no randomness in the behavior uh, movement of the particles of the flow. Um, so it's all, as I said, they are, it's called laminar because the flow behaves as a set of layers of, of flow. Uh, with each layer having a given uh, value of uh, velocity, pressure, temperature, etc. Um, turbulence, uh, uh, in contrast, uh, there is no such a order. Uh, the flow is much more the disorganized; uh, is is chaotic, right? Um, so, it's very complex to resolve analytically. Uh, this kind of phenomenon, Um, and even discretizing the domain, discretizing the equations is also very difficult to resolve this. So for that, um, modelers, if I can uh, use that term, resort to um, empirical experiments to work out certain um, helpers, if I can say, uh, that are introduced in these equations that can uh, that um, allow to uh, resolve these equations, and by discretization I mean um, discretizing the space. So um, the domain uh, in in reality the domain where a, a um, fluid uh, flows is a continuum, um, whereas when this is when we discretize the domain and time, uh the domain the spatial the, the spatial domain and the time domain, uh we no longer work uh with continuums. Uh we work with um um uh nodes in the domain. So uh, in order to go points. uh from
0: excuse me? A specific points you mean
1: Exactly, yes, uh, when you want to go from a of when you want to make a particle of fluid go from a to b, it doesn't go continuously from a to b it goes in steps, and each of those steps is a node it's a point in space um so the space is discretized in in certain steps of of space displacements and the same goes with time um time runs continuously whereas uh, it can be um discretized um excuse me to resolve this this problem and in terms of going from second uh, one to second 60 continuously it goes say by second or by Tenth of a second or by every five seconds. So that's a discretization of, of time. Um, so when you do that, then your uh, partial differential equations in a continuum uh, form can be um, rewritten in a discretized form. So the deriv- derivatives become. Um, 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 uh, Takeaways: um, A minus B, right? Instead of being a, um, a derivative, um, which is like is an analytical term for very uh, infinitesimal uh, der- derivatives, and uh, that's that's the way we 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 try to solve uh, this set uh, this challenging set of equations by discretizing them and the domain they are applied to.
0: So in in many industries let's now um uh, f- uh, shift our focus to to some other divisions from uh, uh, within the McLaren racing uh, racing team. So as I said in many industries uh, it is well known that data processing and analysis have become essential. Uh, so in Formula 1 I assume that uh, data science is crucial in finding uh, uh, performance solutions. So are you involved in uh, data analysis and complex uh, statistical modeling in your in your work, and if so, how do you approach it?
1: Um, yes, I, I've been involved in uh, heavy data analysis, um, uh, a lot of time series uh, from data recorded by the sensors of the car uh, that are downloaded, and then we can we can uh, uh, see it and analyze it and. And extract um, statistical metrics to try and give some meaning to the data we see. Uh, try and find out uh, if there are some trends that can be um, can explain things that we we are after. Um, so uh, I've been doing a lot of data analysis, um, more so in my um, stint in IndyCar. In terms of statistics um, as a discipline, uh, yes, uh, as I say, in data analysis, uh, I've done some. I have relied on a you know, number of um, statistical um, concepts, but I wouldn't say uh, my use of statistics is as intensive or has been as intensive as uh, in other um uh, departments or disciplines within uh, IndyCar or, or Formula One. Uh, so while up to some extent, I have uh, used uh, statistics as a, as a tool to understand or to give meaning to the data I was collecting, um, I, I have to say um, all the people in, in the company or in motor racing in general, whether it's IndyCar or uh, Formula One or, or any other, I, I they they use aesthetics in a much more intense um uh, manner. Um uh you, cool. you mentioned about data science. Um yes, data science is, is very much uh, a huge topic uh in the, um in our industry and we use data science or AI or machine learning uh, pretty much in, if not 100% of our activities, of our engineering activities, I would say nearly 100%. Um, in aerodynamics, we use machine learning. In vehicle dynamics, they use uh, machine learning in a strategy to uh, to uh, come up with uh, uh, potential possibilities as to how a race may unfold. They use AI, they use um, machine learning. Uh, the, as I said, the, in these disciplines, the way they churn the data, they, they look into the data and they try to extract as much um, meaning out of the data um, is very intense and, and they use machine learning and, um, and AI as, um, as our daily daily tool
0: really. So um, c- could you explain the, the collaboration and interaction between uh, the various technical departments within a racing car team? You mentioned the, the machine learning team, AI, data science. So sp- specifically, how do these uh, divisions work together to improve the overall performance of uh, Formula One drivers and uh, the team in general?
1: Sure. I'm, I, kinda, I think the best way I could explain this is by putting an example. Of workflow, um, a workflow that um, comprises the presence of various departments, and it's like um, is like this: uh, um, the simulator, uh, this big um, video game, um, is is a full model of the car, uh, both um, aerodynamically and. Mechanically or dynamically, and um, so in order to, for a driver that sits on this simulator, to feel realistic about driving this car in this video computer, um, the data uh, feeding this computer, it has to be realistic, uh, and that data, as I said, is is for uh, of many natures, is aerodynamic data. Is vehicle dynamic data is tire behavior or tire um, uh, tire uh, dynamics it's um many things uh, so um, those sets of data must come from somewhere uh, so that then when uh the race engineer change uh, something in the setup of the car so that the driver can assess. Uh, whether or not that change in setup has been uh, positive or negative. Uh, in order to do a change of setup, everything that's behind, all the models that are behind must um, uh, behave realistically and hence must have, as I said, uh, realistic data on uh, by which they, they play. Uh, so when it comes to aerodynamics, uh we as an aerodynamic department must construct or build uh a narrow map that we can give to the simulator guys uh to fit their models with uh and a narrow map basically is is a multi uh, dimensional space where we provide uh uh con um metrics or or variables as drag and as uh, downforce, which is negative lift, uh, in many attitudes of the car. So in the wind tunnel, we um, make the car move in many, many, many uh, configurations of attitudes um, uh, so that this map, as I said, is a multidimensional uh, a space of data is populated as uh, densely as possible. Uh, and then once we have uh, uh, collected this vast uh, set of data, then we transfer this to uh, the simulator guys, which are in collaboration with the vehicle dynamicists people, the vehicle dynamics engineers, which are uh, linked Uh, in close collaboration with uh, tires uh, engineers and also uh, all of them and all of us uh, closely linked to race engineers which are uh, the link between the driver and the engineering side of things. So the, the race engineer has to translate in a language into a language that the driver understands all this information, all this uh findings in in this engineering language that that we use uh as i say they have they have to translate into a language that the driver um understands so if i summarize we have here a aerodynamics department which provide <clears throat> excuse me a aeromap being a set uh of data of a multidimensional space uh, and then we have the vehicle dynamics, which um, also provides their kind of mechanical map to uh, this big uh, modeling machine, which is the simulator. Uh, and for that, we we uh, by map a mechanical map. We talk about weight distributions, suspension configurations, or suspension behavior. And then you have the tire engineers, which also provide. This big uh, model that is the simulator uh, tire behavior uh, tire temperature with uh, time of uh, or with grip or tire pressure uh, contact patch uh, shapes and and so on and so forth. So I'm here uh, depicting four or five departments all collaborating in one single uh, task or, or one single goal, which is get this big tool which is the simulator this huge video game which is eventually as as i said is is a big model full model of the car they have to work in a uh, collaborative way uh, and very closely to make this data that fits this model as cohesive and as realistic as possible
0: so uh, thanks a lot for sh- shedding light on uh, on the world of Formula One engineering and uh, aerodynamics. Uh, let's shift now our, our focus on less technical questions. So um, I-, I have k- kind of a naive question. Uh, as a sport uh, enthusiast, I'm wondering, how do you measure your success in your field? Uh, are the performances of pilots directly linked to yours? Uh, and do you personally meet the drivers? uh do you work with them to come up with some optimization solutions
1: um well um it's it's not it's not an easy question to answer but um well starting from the the end um yes, I have worked with various drivers uh but more uh in a role of aero performance engineer more than an aero development engineer uh when i say aero performance engineer is the is the role that you analyze uh the data that comes out of the real car um and then then you engage in conversations with the drivers telling them that this test they did this aerodynamic test they did this was the outcome this is what the data showed and then we get uh into debating or conversating whether the driver the driver felt what the data showed or not. And if it didn't, um, then try to understand and come up with a hypothesis as to why the driver felt something different to what the data said or what we saw in the data. That kind of relationship with drivers is why I've had. Uh, In terms of optimization, you engage with them in optimizing the setup of the car. Uh, And when it comes to aerodynamics, uh we talk about right heights or we talk about uh certain parts of the car that are um um potentially able to be uh replaced or changed uh but when it comes to development as in um designing and iterating on areas of of the car uh to create performance more than to extract the potential performance that the car has then drivers don't really get involved much um they may come to visit what we're doing in the wind tunnel or what we see in CFD but more of a, a in a curious note just to fulfill a bit their curiosity but not not to have a, like a, a a useful or um meaningful input um which again is is very different when it comes to um, you have a car already designed, already running, and you have to extract as much performance out of it as possible. And for that, yes, you engage with the drivers. Um, I'm not sure if I uh, uh, answer uh, fully your question.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that was a, a great answer. So uh, to to wrap up this interview, could you could you offer some advice to a young student or a recent graduate? Uh, eager to explore this uh, exciting world further?
1: Um, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So now teams, uh, Formula 1 teams or uh, IndyCar teams or endurance teams uh, or any sort of um, motor racing discipline, MotoGP, for instance, in motorbikes have these undergrad, well, they have these internships that you can uh, work uh, for a number of months three four months or a summer time or half a year uh, in in a in a motor racing company and uh you get to learn how the atmosphere is how how the work is how the pace of of activities is and uh, so you get to know people and then if that if you like that then once you finish your degree then uh you may have uh you may want to kind of contact them back and say, well I have finished uh, do you think there is a position for me available there or not? Sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. Um, another uh, way of entering this uh this world is by um enrolling in a graduate program. Also this is um again this is for now um uh, students or graduates that have finished their degree. Uh, or they finished not long uh, in the past, and um, they are hired by a company, a motor racing company, a motor racing team, and so they go. They they get to know the whole team in stints of so three months in this department, the next three months in another department, the following three months in another department, and in the end, it, normally they they are. <coughs> excuse me. They tend to be uh, about eighteen months uh, long programs. Um, they manage to kind of touch and feel and live, uh, um, sorry, and live uh, within these departments, and eventually they choose or they express an interest in in one of those departments to then settle down there and and just be in that department and, and progress there uh, into their, in, to their uh, professional careers. Uh but uh coming back to the beginning, um a student that would like to um get into motor racing, um I think in my humble opinion what they need to do is is just um learn as much as possible uh from their degrees. Uh if they feel they would like to carry on in academia, carry on studying, carry on doing postgraduate studies. That's very welcome because um, one always learns and no one stops learning in their lives. Um, and the more you study, the more you get prepared, uh, the more you know about a certain field, then the higher the chances are to get into, in this particular uh, scenario, into a motor racing company. So, uh and then, as I said before, also um, you may apply for a position right after graduating uh, from your degree, and and, and you may get um, caught. You may get you may get uh, chosen, which is totally fine. Um, it's all about uh, being on alert. Um, teams have their own website with their own career uh, section. Career section. There are a number of portals on the internet that you can. Uh, see portals uh, that offer uh, job offers or that show job offers from from a lot of uh, businesses in in this industry. Uh, so just being a bit of on alert, being being a bit switched on in terms of what offers uh, come up, uh, whether or not they are the right offers for each individual or not, um, and then not rushing to get into this industry. Um uh I understand someone who is a big fan of motor racing uh, just want to finish their degree no matter what, and then try their best and their hardest to get into Formula one um but sometimes that's not the right thing uh I personally believe that you need whatever you do in this moment in this very moment is is try to enjoy it to the to the maximum uh and learn as much as you can. Be the best version that you can be and uh, and then um, in terms of soft skills that you may have to get into most race motor racing is is being obviously very passionate um, being being very energetic uh, being resilient uh being a lot, uh, very motivated and um, being also very driven. So I think if you have all those skills, not skill qualities, uh, I think you can you can withstand uh, the hard work uh, and the atmosphere that motor racing is at times, at many times. And then if you have a, a strong uh, background of knowledge, um, then uh, the higher the chances, as I said. And um, there is no secret. There's no secret. This is not rocket science, or, or a world that is only very few people, very selective people, can get into. I believe that if you are a hardworking person, I have a team spirit, um, work hard, and and I have studied hard um, in your degree and your master's and PhD, whatever. And and you have these soft skills, those those qualities that I, I have said of resilience, of motivation, of of drive, then it's very likely that um you feel passionate about this business, about this industry, very likely that you end up being being there.
0: So thank you so much for uh, joining us today and sharing uh, uh, those insights, sharing your uh, invaluable um, experience in the world of Formula One engineering and aerodynamics. Uh, Your journey and experience are uh, truly inspiring. Um, And I'm sure our listeners, uh, whether they are uh, uh, avid Formula One fans, uh, aspiring engineers or uh, mathematics enthusiasts, have gained a lot from this conversation Uh, which was quite technical. So again, thank you for uh, taking this time uh, and uh, we wish you all the best in your uh, future endeavors. So uh, see you all in the next episode of the Laws of Stan.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks a lot for having me.